easy this morning. Uh, and so I want to thank her for that time. If, if you uh, would like to follow along in Scripture, we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 26 this morning. Now, you might ask, why on, on a Christmas morning, on a Christmas day, would we observe the Lord's Supper? Well, let me kind of walk you through the reasoning. And what I want to do is walk backwards. So you and I are longing for, we're anticipating the return of Christ, uh, the, the pinnacle of all creation, when the Lord Jesus will return uh, to bring his own with him, but also bearing judgment against the sin of the world and the rebellion of mankind. Um, the, the wrath of God is how Scripture uh, tells us about it. For us who know Christ as Savior, it is not a day of wrath, but it is a day of celebration. It is a day of culmination, a day that we have longed for. But we wouldn't have the return of Christ if it were not for the ascension of Christ. Uh, Christ ascending back to the Father, having uh, accomplished the mission for which God sent him to this earth. We wouldn't have the ascension of Christ were it not for the resurrection of Christ. The victorious resurrection of Christ where he defeated death. The Bible says he defeated hell and the grave. He defeated sin. The resurrection was uh, the the, uh, if you will, God's acceptance of what Christ did on the earth, his ministry of death. And so we wouldn't have the resurrection if we didn't have the death of Christ, the cross of Christ, where he uh, hung on a Roman cross. He bore the most excruciating and the most horrific and the most barbaric of deaths. And the Bible says, as payment for your sin and my sin. He paid a debt we owed that we could not pay. Well, you wouldn't have had the death of Christ if you didn't have the life of Christ. The life of Christ where he um, raised the dead, where he made the blind to see and the lame to walk and the deaf to hear and the mute to speak, where he fed the hungry and he loved on the rebellious. And you would not have had the life of Christ if it wasn't for the birth of Christ. And so all of that goes together. The birth gave way to his life. His life gave way to his death. His death gave way to the resurrection. The resurrection has given way to the second coming. The last thing on the list, the one thing that we are hoping and waiting and anticipating and looking forward to even today uh, on this day that we celebrate his birth. And so uh, it's important that you understand how all of that ties together. None of it is independent. It is all together uh, in one grand and glorious story that the Bible calls redemption. That God left heaven, he came to this earth to wear and to bear the flesh of man so that he could die on a cross for man uh, to pay the penalty of our sin and that through faith in his finished work on the cross and his victorious resurrection, you and I, of no merit of our own, of no worth of our own, can find forgiveness of sin and the certainty of eternal life. That's why he came on that night so many years ago in Bethlehem, was to make a way for you and I to find forgiveness of sin. Some of you have already opened presents today. Some of you are waiting uh, till you get home um, to open presents. 
here's a question I want to ask you. If you choose not to open a gift today, you are in fact rejecting that gift. You are in fact saying, I don't want this gift by not opening it and unwrapping it, not appropriating it to yourself, if you will. Now consider this. The same thing is true with the gift of salvation. For every one of us have been given a gift by God, and it's called the gift of salvation. If you choose not to open that gift, you are in fact saying, I'm rejecting that gift. I don't want to have anything to do with that gift. So my prayer for you and my encouragement and my admonition to you this morning is simply this. Have you opened the gift of salvation that God has given to you? He's given it to all of us, but have you opened it? What have you done with it? Have you made it your own by faith in Jesus Christ? I want you to consider that as we uh, kind of talk through this, the, the Lord's Supper, for just the, uh, briefly for just the next few minutes. So, in Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 26, so uh, the Lord is observing the Passover meal with his disciples. They're in the upper room, okay? Later this same night, he will... Uh, find, he will lead them to the Garden of Gethsemane where he will be betrayed and arrested. And then throughout the night, he'll have uh, a total of six mock, if you will, trials. Uh, he'll be uh, deter uh, not, he, he will never be found guilty of anything, but he will be sentenced to die on a cross as an appeasement by the Roman authorities to the Jewish leaders. Okay? But it begins here in this upper room and during this occasion, we, we see record of this same night in Mark 14 and Luke 22. Interestingly, John takes five chapters to tell us what went on that night. In five chapters, John walks us through the teaching that Jesus gave his disciples, but yet John doesn't include the Lord's Supper in that. It's quite interesting as you read that. In John 13, we, he, he shows us the importance of servant leadership, of humble leadership when Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. He also talks about what it means to love one another and how that is our testimony before a world that doesn't know what real love is. He walks us through um, John 14 when, when he tells us that he's going to prepare a place for us. He talks about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then in John 17, we see his high priestly prayer where, believe it or not, are you ready for this? Jesus prayed for me and you on that night 2,000 years ago. It's incredible. And then they go to the garden. And John doesn't record for us the Lord's Supper. Don't know why. He just didn't. But Matthew and Mark and Luke, uh, Matthew and Luke do. We see it again in 1 Corinthians 11, but let's read it here in Matthew 26. As they were eating, as they were eating a meal, the Passover meal, Jesus took bread, unleavened bread, which would, it was the instructions for the Passover meal. He blessed and he broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat it. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And after singing him, they went out to the Mount of Olives. 
So consider this, they've eaten a Passover meal together, and now Jesus takes a few minutes, and he takes some of this unleavened bread, and he takes some of the wine there, and he says, I want you to understand something. These two elements are symbolic, one of my body and two of my blood that I'm giving for you, that I'm pouring out for you. And he says, why? For the forgiveness of sin. Remember the announcement that Gabriel brought to Joseph? He said, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And in Luke 2, we just read it, the angels announced to the shepherds that today for you a Savior, one who will save you, has been born in the city of David. That's why Jesus came. He came to save us from our sin. He came to redeem us from darkness, from lostness, from spiritual death, and give us life and life eternal. And he took these two elements, and, he's, and, and we read in 1 Corinthians 11, as often as we do this, you do this in remembrance of me, we think on the person of Christ, the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. Now, before we go any further, in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul admonishes us to do something that no other author of Scripture does, and here's what he admonishes us to do. That before we take these elements, he says, examine yourself. Examine yourself. So here's what I want to challenge you to do just, just for a couple of a minute or so. I want us just to bow your heads where you are. Just close your eyes. And I want you to think this morning, is there anything in my life Is there any willful and deliberate rebellion and sin that would keep me from taking these elements in honesty and sincerity before the Lord and take this time to admit that before the Lord and ask for forgiveness? Examine yourself before the Lord's presence this morning. This isn't for your wife, for your husband, your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad, your brother. This is is for you. This is personal. So just take a few minutes and think on that personally. And just take a moment and, and just do, do whatever business you may need to do with the Lord. Father God, thank you for the opportunity where we can just come before your throne and in honesty and sincerity just cry out to you and seek your forgiveness, to seek your cleansing of our sin, your purifying us from all unrighteousness, your word says in 1 John chapter 1. And Lord, we thank you for that privilege. We thank you, Lord, for how you love us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for forgiving us of sin. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. And thank you, Lord, that we can just pause in this moment and reflect on the cross 
on the manger, on the empty tomb, and even your second coming. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. All right, if you will take your element, and if you will open the bread there. So Jesus taking that unleavened bread on that night, again, using it symbolically to represent his body, his body that would be broken for you and me. He says, take and eat it. This is my body. Then he took a cup. Now, historically, they would have had one cup, and they would have passed it around the room. Um, maybe one day we'll do that, but uh, not this morning. So instead, we have just a single serving here. Uh, I know on an occasion when I went to Argentina on a mission trip, that's what we did. We took one cup and passed it around. And for those of us Americans who were unaccustomed to that, it was a little bit different something we had to get used to. But he took that cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and he said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Heavenly Father, thank you that you gave up your life Thank you that you shed your blood as payment for our sin. Your word tells us, for without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that you willingly went to the cross and that you willingly gave up your life so that we might find life and life eternal. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that we are completely undeserving of grace and mercy that we don't deserve forgiveness of sin, and we do not deserve eternal life. But we thank you for lavishing on us your grace and your mercy. We thank you for loving us unconditionally, for loving us unselfishly, for loving us sacrificially, for giving up your life so that we might have life. And Father God, my humble prayer this morning is, if there is anyone in this room that's never surrendered in faith to Christ, if any, there's anyone here who is not opened that gift of salvation, that today they would say yes to Jesus, that today they would acknowledge they are a sinner in need of a Savior, that you are God's Son, that you died for their sin, that you rose victoriously, and today they would say yes to you. They would begin a relationship with you, Lord, and that you would begin to mold them and make them into the man or the woman you created them to be, the man or the woman that you died for them to be the man or the woman that you gifted them to be. Lord God, move in hearts and minds like only you can for your glory and for your honor. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And now notice what we read in verse 30. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And so this morning we're going to finish by the singing of God's praise 
and glory. And so would you stand with me as, as William leads us this morning as we continue to worship the Lord? <laughs> 